KBOO Community Radio is a proud co-sponsor of Portland Underground Graduate School. Classes that begin in September include The Problem with Privilege, Direct Action Organizing, and Decoding Plants, Seeing Urban Flora with New Eyes. Portland Underground Graduate School is also known as PUGS. Classes take place all over the Portland metro area. Information about registering, future classes, and more can be found at kboo.fm on the right side of the homepage under Community Events. Join KBOO Community Radio at Clinton Street Theater on Thursday, September the 8th for United We Stand Up, a comedy show and a benefit for KBOO. I'm T6, and I'll be your host that night, which will feature local comedians like Betty Lungeon, Bree Pruitt, Adam Potsy, Brandy Morgan, Belinda Giles, Noriko Ott, and Debbie Wooten. Raffles, refreshments, and good times for all. Again, this United We Stand Up, Thursday, September the 8th, at Clinton Street Theater, 2522 Southeast Clinton Street in Portland. Doors at 6.30, showcase at 7.30. More information can be found at kboo.fm on the right side of the homepage under Community Events. And this is KBOO Portland. It's 9.01 a.m. Coming up on Waterworld with your host, Kristen Yount, a monthly discussion of water politics near and far. Today, an overview of the Portland Harbor Superfund process and Detroiter Miko Williams on the high cost of water followed at 10 with flashpoints with Chris Andre. At 10.15, flashpoints takes a look at journalism and reporting on U.S. involvement in wars by the media with veteran war correspondent, author, and filmmaker Don North. And at 11, we speak with Ali Sharif, founder of organizations promoting permaculture in Latin America and Africa. And thank you to all the KBU members who make all this kind of really in-depth and important information gathering and dissemination possible with your membership. And those of you who aren't yet members can remedy that oversight at kboo.fm. Click where it says donate. Um, welcome to uh, another edition of Waterworld. My name is Kristen Yount, and um, I am doing this show because I think it's important for people to talk about water policy. Water, obviously, is um, important to humans and animals and all of that, um, and we're always seeing our water supply shrink. And so let's talk about policy. 
coming up today, we'll be talking with Miko Williams, and Miko is going to give you an informed rundown of what is happening in Detroit, Michigan. Um, Detroit, Michigan has uh, privatized water supply. They pay very high rates for their water. And a couple of years ago, uh, the city of Detroit, Detroit Water and Sewer, decided to just cut off thousands of people's water um, right at the beginning of a summertime. So no drinking water, no toilets, no bathing. And these are the most um, vulnerable people in the city who had racked up big bills, mostly because the water bills would go up and um, it made them unmanageable. And so the city just decided to cut everybody off. And as a result of that, Miko started the Detroit Water Brigade and um, he's still doing it. He still has to deliver water to people two years later, even though uh, his work garnered national attention. And even he spoke with the, I do believe he spoke with the UN, who um, the UN did say that water is a human right and um, that this Detroit was violating human rights by turning everybody's water off. I don't know how people feel about um, privatization of water. Um, It's a very contentious issue. It seems like everybody I talk to Um, would agree that water is a human right and clean water is a human right, Um, not something that should be commodified and bought and sold. So there's that. Um, Yes, so we'll be talking to Miko soon. He'll be joining us by phone. Um, From his 9 to 5 job, uh, Miko spends so much of his energy trying to get people's water turned on, but yes, he has a regular Joe job. He's on the line. Uh, I just want to let you know about a few things really quick. Um, I spent a lot of time learning about the world around me. The show water world won't, won't be on during Pledge Drive because I will be in Pakistan with the generous support of KBU and the International Center for Journalism. I am going to look for information about current the current deadly flood and drought situation in Pakistan, and I will give a report next month about that on Waterworld. So here is my pre-pledge drive pitch and um, for the station in general, cable listeners, if you want honest reporting of world affairs and local public affairs programming, you need to participate. Um, We need air room operators and news writers. Call the station and sign up for a volunteer orientation, or you can call in a contribution in support of this show, Waterworld. Since I won't be around during the pledge drive, I will be in Pakistan as a volunteer journalist, as a direct result of the work that I have done at KBU. And just one more thing, you can visit Waterworld on Facebook for travel missives and also at www w.kboo.fm slash waterworld. Okay, Miko, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you? Great. It's great to hear your voice. Thank you for having me back. It's been a while, very long while. Yeah. So um, I kind of gave a little bit of a rundown about what's been going on in Detroit for the last couple of years, um, but I think it's better if you uh, talk about what you've seen uh, since you started the Detroit Water Brigade. Yes. Um, since we started the Detroit Water Brigade uh, three years ago, um, we have helped 
with rapid relief by delivering emergency water, uh, providing uh, consultation and advocacy to uh, residents in the city of Detroit that have experienced a water shutoff or getting a disconnection of service. Um, as I have spoken before, and as I've said before, for, for many that's not familiar, um, Detroit is getting their water shut off massively uh, to the tune of 3,000 people or more. Um, 22,000 people right now are at the uh, nexus of having their water shut off, and there is no recourse of action. There has been no support uh, in place or no safety net. Uh, such as the water affordability plan that we've been pushing uh, since day one, uh, since cutting the water debt and totally forgiving uh, some of those old bills that have quadrupled in recent years. Uh, my organization, the Detroit Water Brigade, has uh, definitely called for the cutting of the debt uh, entirely because we are um, – now involved in a regional authority that is selling wholesale water at rates that we can all not afford. And the region is now sucked into a deal that we did not promote, we did not um, have transparency to, or we did not even have a choice to vote on. And it is uh, affecting affairs uh, around the country now because the, Detroit is now the poster child of privatization and control of the public commons. Yeah, you said something earlier to me about how the rest of the nation, the cities in the rest of the country are looking at Detroit as a kind of playbook about how to privatize water and pit the responsibility of municipal spending on the backs of its most vulnerable residents. Can you um, talk about the other cities that are in danger of becoming just like Detroit? Yes, as a result of emergency management here in Michigan, uh, 22 to 28 states are now uh, having similar emergency manager laws under fiscal stability acts uh, by governors in certain communities. And what has happened is from those policies that they can uh, make laws uh, that is not beneficial to the people in the community, such as uh, water, foreclosures, property ownership, and so much more. Um, it's now resulted in a crisis uh, to where our school systems have failed. Uh, Detroit has entered into a man-made bankruptcy by no cause of its own. Uh, also, uh, the situation, the water situation that has happened here in Flint is a direct cause of emergency management gone horribly wrong. Now people are poisoned in a community where there's no uh, health recourse or no solution uh, to get those people back to um, back to life again because emergency management has sucked up everything out of our um, state. And so what's happening now is water uh, is the highest source of profit, and <laughs> private corporations, as well as uh, uh, those that are in the bottled water industry, are seeking to make a profit off of crisis of, you know, communities. Yeah, it's it sounds it sounds unbelievable, and but it's it's not. It's actually happening. Like oh. Um, everything else has been bought up and sold, so now now the water is like just sort of the last thing that they can water, buy up. Water and sell. Is, the, is the new 
oil. We've said that for many years, and it's actually true because we sit on the freshest body of the world's freshest water, which is the Great Lakes. It's 70% fresh water, and now um, what this governor, Governor Rick Snyder, has done, he is trying to privatize the water department, the local city water department, which sits on the international waters, and he's trying to... uh, uh, make a move to privatize the whole Great Lakes by allowing companies like Nestle and other water companies to siphon their aquifers from our fresh water, you know, to sell for a higher profit. Um, as I said before, um, bottled water makes uh, money off of communities in crisis. So many people that have donated water to the Detroit Water Brigade, they do so from the love of their hearts, but not knowing that when they buy bottled water, they're actually contributing to privatization. So we made a request that we wanted jugs and gallons of water sent. We even uh, requested for plastic jugs, uh, empty plastic jugs, so we can fill up and we can share water um, with our neighbors as part of our share water program so that we're not contributing to the bottled water uh, crisis that is happening in our country. Yeah, I what a paradox no you know oh <laughs> uh, the the cure yeah and and i want to let people know as as i say um bottled water is evil do not buy nestle do not buy ice mountain do not buy dasani because they are contributing uh to ideas and policies that are contributing water as a profit and to be made as a corporate model rather than water is a human right when we say water is a human right, all humans are entitled to water. You cannot control, you know, the rain. You can't control Mother Nature because every time you shut off water or you make a move to privatize water. We also stand with the um, protesters, the Standing Rock uh, tribe of the North Dakota, blocking the North Dakota pipeline uh, because water is threatened there. That's another crisis that's uh, seeping to happen right now as we speak. Uh, so water is very important, and we all... As uh, uh, patriots here in our country, we have to be committed to protecting our most source that we all share, which is water. So much of what's going on in um, North Dakota is about the pipeline and and the damage that uh, oil pipelines do to water supplies. And um, it's it's funny. It's like you know, people have to make a choice. Are are you going to keep on investing in oil or are you going to start, um, you know, looking at preserving our water supplies and not yes, selling we're them? Fighting, we're fighting Enbridge Line 5 uh, up here in Michigan because they have a they're, they have a pipeline that if, if any moment that pipeline were to burst or were to have problems, we would have a catastrophe that cannot be fixed. If you remember the BP oil spill mm-hmm. and that mess still has not been cleaned up in the Kalamazoo oil spill, the, the spill over our Mackinac, our Mackinac waters, which is part of the Great Lakes, is going to be contaminated. And we all have to drink from that water. You know, if you can understand that, um, that oil and water does not mix, so why are there companies and private corporations uh, uh, seeking to um, make money off of the pipeline, yet they're not listening to the communities that say, hey, we live here and we have to drink from this water. If you poison our waters, it's going to happen. You know, And going back to the shutoffs in the city of Detroit, when you deny water or you put our water uh, into danger, 
yes, we all must stand up. We all have to uh, develop whatever strategies that are needed. Right here in the city of Detroit, we have done everything that we possibly could to stop uh, the privatization of our commons and control. But we need the community and the public to help us uh, spread the word. You know, go on our Facebook page, you know, share our posts, uh, follow the news that's happening here in the city of Detroit from our page because we are the destination of water rights in America. We're the new destination of water justice and water activism uh, in the United States. I think, yeah, don't, let's not, let's not look to Detroit as a playbook for how to privatize water. I think that you're right. It's Detroit is ground zero for this. And I really, really appreciate you talking to me today. I'm so uh, just honored to know you because I, I know you work so hard and you never stop. And um, what you do is just amazing. We're at the, we're at, we're actually, um, I want to share the good news. We've actually have been in negotiations with the city of Detroit to get a settlement for um, people that are uh, seeking to get their water bills cut. Those negotiations are still in, we're still in limbo, but I'm confident that the pressure and the uh, tenacity of the public, that if they could make that one final push and let the people know uh, that are in these positions that water is a human right, we even need donations to keep continuing the rapid relief. And I appeal to people to go to our website, www.detroitwaterbrigade.org, and to make a pledge of a donation uh, so that we can continue to help our families, uh, to empower them to stand up and to become, you know, the stories that we were not able to share because of personal um, tragedies and situations of people really feeling like there's no hope, there's no recourse. But when they meet uh, my chief coordinator, Beulah Walker, and myself, when they meet us, they know that help is on the way. And if we bring resources provided by viewers like you that have made uh, this organization of success uh, on the ground with local, we earn the trust of the community. And I'm happy to say today that we are prominent in our community and we're able to share the love donated from the compassion of viewers like you. And we we definitely need help. Uh, If people could please join us to help us uh, however they like, uh, DetroitWaterBrigade.org, they can send me an email uh, at waterfordetroit.com at gmail.com. They can always call us. Uh, We're available 24-7 whenever. Uh, We just want people to know that we're still here and we're doing everything we can to stand uh, in the fight for clean, affordable water. Yeah, I I just wanted to to say that um, people do feel like they're victimized when their water gets shut off. I mean, there's no other way to look at it. It's like, oh, I can't, I can't cough up this money. So what? Now I don't get to take a bath, or now I don't get to use the bathroom. I, it's to me that is um, the very, it's very inhumane and it's wrong. And I, yes, I, it is. You know, and for those people that say that may have the opinion in the back of their head, oh, why don't they pay their water bill, mm-hmm. or why don't they, uh, uh, you know, all these notions that that may go through their mind. First of all, the people that we represent, they're not 
fortunate enough to have cable. They're not fortunate enough to have uh, luxury items. You know, these people work. People are doing the best that they can. They're homeowners. They lived here in the city of Detroit for many years, and they worked for their living. But to fall on hard times, to fall on uh, where you have to go to the bread line or you have to depend on social services and to eat that pride, it eats people up, and they, people feel really diminished you know and that's a part of this country our self-pride has taken a, a very big hit and it takes you know people like you yourself me and others to show that love and compassion you can do this you can make it you can make it happen and provide that support and that way we can stand you know that's what we need right now we need people to stand up on their own but we need also to share love support and that empathy that together we can make this happen. I can tell you this presidential election won't even matter because the people here um, all over the country, we have to rely on self-sufficiency and building up our villages in our community. And don't you love how the Standing Rock uh, activists are, you know, like they're my friends there and she's been sending pictures and it's they brought a smoker I mean, they everybody's eating. It's like yes. so self-sufficient. That's what, that's what a community is all about. And shout out to uh, the chairman of the Standing Rock Tribe, uh, Dave Archibald II. Um, he has shown incredible leadership, and the people there um, that are on the front lines, I, Detroit's in solidarity and support. You know, uh, we're fighting water shutoffs here. I got involved when I heard the government was shutting off water to the people at the campsite, and I sent instant support uh, as much as I can from the people here in the city of Detroit that we stand with them in solidarity. Uh, water warriors for surely. Wow. <laughs> that rocks. <laughs> Thank you so much for um, calling. I want to know, I I was going to talk a little bit about something that's going on here in in Portland um, yeah. with our city. Um, if you want to stay on the line, I can open up the phone lines if uh, you want to take a question or two. Yeah, or, yes, we do. Yeah, we do. We okay, do. all right. All right, so um, out there, if you want to call and talk with um, the Detroit Water Brigade, the phone number is 503-231-8187. Um, please, if you want to talk to Miko, um, it sounds like, who else is there? Oh, my, I'm sorry. We're, we're, uh, my chief coordinator, Beulah Walker, is here with me. Uh, we're, we're doing a live call. Uh, we had a meeting, bef- we had a meeting af- uh, before uh, this call, so we're, I'm sorry. Beulah Walker is uh, chief coordinator of the Detroit Water Brigade. Well, welcome to KBOO. Hi, Hey. <laughs> awesome. So, um, so, yeah, if you're listening out there and you have questions, for or comments for um, the the Detroit Water Brigade, um, I invite you to call 503-231-8187. And um, uh, so, Beulah, since since you're there, uh, <laughs> why don't you talk a little bit about your experience with the brigade? Um, well, the brigade started way before me. When did the brigade start, Nico? In June 2014. It, the, the, the the Detroit Water Brigade started in June 2014. I didn't come along until Ju- the end of July. And I found out about Detroit Water Brigade and Detroit Water Crisis through social media. I didn't know anything about it on the news. I didn't know anything about water getting shut off until 
I found out about it on social media. So I joined Detroit Water Brigade first as a volunteer captain. I was a volunteer captain for however long. And then as we went through a trans- transition in leadership, I became the, uh, what am I, the chief coordinator? Yeah. I'm the chief coordinator now. So, you know, we went through a leadership thing. And, you know, when when the money and the fame go, the donations go, the people go. So you just have three people now. And that's myself. I became chief coordinator. And then I have, we have Shamani Harris, who's building the village over in Avalon. So Mama I sure. heard about the when I heard about the Detroit, when I heard about Detroit water getting shut off, I couldn't believe it. I just could not believe it. I'm like, why? What happened? So right. I came and I, I came and I got involved, and I've been involved ever since. And um, but I also came with 16, 16 and a half, 17 years of activist experience under my own belt. So when I came to the Detroit Water Brigade, I came to be a blessing. I didn't know that I was going to get this big fancy title of chief coordinator, which comes with a lot of work and responsibility, but I came with a 16 and a half, 17 years of activism experience and um, homelessness and uh, homeless, uh, I'm a big, big advocate of homeless community here in Detroit. So, but housing and homelessness and water all go together. But I um, learned so much during this time. I'm very politically congruent. I'm a political nut. Um, I don't miss any. I don't miss any elections. I'm very heavily involved, and as I remember, and what I remember when I was a little girl here in the city of Detroit, our late mayor Coleman A. Young would always argue back and forth on national television, live television, against public against Elbrus Patterson and white suburban interests in the city of Detroit. He fought for 38 years to keep white suburban interests out. And I'll never forget, and it still rings in my head, Christian, to this day, keep their hands off the water because if they get the water, they got the city. Wow. And damn it, and damn it, they did it. So this fight with the with the white suburban interests in the city of Detroit has been going on for at least, we're going to say, 50 years. And what we mean but by... I'm sorry to interrupt. What we mean by white suburban interests, we mean corporate interests. There are uh, people that live outside the the city of Detroit who are uh, running the city of Detroit from the banks to the investment firms to the even our municipal uh, people that work in the city of Detroit live outside in the suburbs. And what we mean by uh, the corporate interests, like, you know, they said that don't let them get the water, and they got it anyway through the bankruptcy. They got it throughout the bankruptcy. Right. So it's just they they got in there, and they got their hands on their – or they think they have their hands on the water right now. And you're talking about, like, the Chamber of Commerce and yes, those kind of people yes. that – Yes, yes, yes. It is the Chamber of Commerce. However, we have a white mayor and a white governor. Detroit hasn't had a white mayor in 40 years and and we have a, a white. I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm not a racist person, but it is what it is, Christian. They put the white mayor in to get the city back, and once you put a white Oof. Caucasian male in charge of things, people think everything's okay. But we just they. Mike Duggan and Governor Snyder took the water through public policy, and people don't understand it's important to keep people out of office that doesn't have your interest. We had um, Coleman A. Young and other uh, Afro-American 
layers up under them, and they never talk about taking the water. They protected the water. Regardless of how crooked they are, all politicians are crooked. Let's just put it out there because the United States Constitution is a crooked constitution. It doesn't benefit everybody. Right. I told you I was a political nut. But yeah. However, however, these three mayors that, that I have had in my lifetime, Coleman A. Young, L.B., uh, uh, Dennis Archer, L.B. B., and Kwame Kilpatrick, they, you, you couldn't touch the water. You could do anything you could, but they would not sell the water. And now it's gone. Every time we had a budget crisis uh, where they threatened the city will run out of money if we did not give on the backs of the workers. This is a pattern of why poor people are paying the taxes and the the sins of those in power that make uh, foolish decisions. We've given the city of Detroit and taxpayers, we've given a lot to make sure our water, our public safety, and the protection of our infrastructure of the city maintains. And they have mishandled, mismanaged, and they have mishandled our water our, 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 um, and the rest of the city. So, the pub, so through the bankruptcy, through federal judicial oversight, the city of Detroit is now taken away. We're made, um, uh, we're beholden to the state for over 20 years. Before the state treated us as a stepchild. Now we're uh, now we're the now we're abandoned with our abusive lover. If you can understand what I'm saying. So all of these things that because are happening with some, water. Let's take some phone calls. Yeah, um, we have. Oh, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Ha- we talking too much. Hang yeah, on a minute. So, no, well, you know, uh, we we have a short amount of time, but um, but yeah. So I just wanted to say that um. You know, we have a crisis going on in our city, not a crisis. I mean, kind of we have for sure a housing crisis going on in our city. We have very like non-existent rental rights here and a lot of people are becoming displaced. We had one of the largest houseless sweeps in the nation uh, yesterday here in Portland where the cops came and just took everybody out of their camping spots and um, made them, you know, walk away. And it was like this just line of people with shopping carts and you know leaving leaving their place where they lived and they have nowhere to go so the city here does a lot of irresponsible stuff and um right also so we have a super fun site on our on our river and we don't drink the water from the river in portland but some communities actually do get their water from the willamette system and um Anyway, there's a super fun site there. It was created in 2000, and um, the way that super fun process works is they work with the community, the native community, the businesses that are responsible for the polluting, and they come up with a proposed plan, and then there's a comment period, and then they come out with a record of decision, and then they start to plan how they're going to remediate the river. So we're at the position right now where we have a proposed plan, Everybody that has been paying attention to this process um, in that's not a corporation that is responsible for cleaning up basically is disgusted by the plan that they came up with. It's very weak and it um, it doesn't remove um, the dangerous material from the river. We have people that live on the river. We have people that eat and consume the fish from the river. And who knows, maybe someday we'll have to drink the river. But we have a mayor-elect that thinks it's perfectly fine to swim in the river. The city has been 
telling people that the river is safe to swim in when it is not. Yeah, and you know what? It's it's awful. And uh, we actually, the mayor-elect did swim. You better not. You better not trust them people as we told the folks in Ireland that now believe their TDs and now they're getting ready to do another march on uh, abolition that promise is not kept. Okay, Mm -hmm. You need to test your water. You also need to make sure that uh, you record and you videotape certain things if you see any type of activity. And you need to bring this forth to his attention. Yeah, so um, I, the Portland Harbor Community Coalition and the Portland Harbor Citizen Advisory Group has been working to generate thousands of comments, thousands and thousands of comments from people. Our comment period ends on September 6th. And um, we just finally got the... Um, the long-awaited city letter to the EPA uh, defining their position on the proposed plan, and it is five pages long, and it actually looks like this typeface is like a 14-point font. I'm appalled that this is all they got to say. All they have to say is this is this sort of just, uh, honestly, I'm just, it's like a fifth grader wrote it. Put this all on delay in order to throw some uh, type of decision together, but if you look at who's really pushing this or, or who was behind this, I think you will find that um, there, there's something more beyond to the story uh, that is certain interests that may want to uh, do something with that river and also with the displacement of uh, people that are living in tents and, and, and shopping carts. They did that here. Abula was the uh, was the chief director of Tent City. Wait a minute, don't take some phone calls, y'all. Okay, okay, we got, we got Holly on the line. Holly. Is she- Hi, Holly. Uh, I have a question. I came into the uh, show kind of late, but um, you're talking about not drinking bottled water. So my question is, do you have an alternative? And if you do have an alternative, what is it? And for people who can't afford it, in Washington County over here, we have fluoridated water, so, you know, help us out here. Um, Wash, uh, Multnomah and Portland voted against it, but these conservative nutbags out here, they just, you know, uh, sucked into the corporate. So, what do you say? Miko, what do you say? What's a good alternative to um, c- purchasing bottled water? The good alternative is to find out where that well source is in your city or your township. Uh, that's what we're doing here, and I'm even glad to announce that we're getting ready to break ground on our new water well uh, at Avalon Village, the new uh, eco-village that is coming up in the city of uh, Detroit uh, starting September 30th. Uh, we're going to break ground on our new water well because we decided that, you know, if we – if we tap for the source, we can get it. And I remember Beulah telling me about a pipeline that is delivering fresh water that the suburbs are trying to control, and we, we're looking at uh, plans to, to seize that as well. Is this in Washington County or is this in Detroit? In Detroit. Well, that's, well, but that's not going to help us here. Well, so it does actually. On, we're talking on a local program here. Well, so, it does actually. It concerns us because, as we were saying, Detroit, Michigan is the playbook that other cities in this country are following in order to take the water supply out of the hands of the people. And no, Washington as, County is not going to do that. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know where you live. You need to understand. Excuse me, Pooh. Let me answer her phone call. Sweetheart, Mrs. Holly, what what people don't understand, Miss Holly, and we need everybody in these 50 United States to understand that Detroit City is the platinum poster child of what is to come to your town and your city. So if they got away with it in Detroit, they're going to do it other places. So we need to be mindful when we say that has nothing to do to Detroit. It has everything to do to Detroit because they did it and they're getting away with it and there's no repercussions or consequences for them doing it. So we need to. And we need to not what we want to. We need to understand is that we are the playbook of what's coming to your city. And also, to answer that question more, uh, who are you or who is a corporation or who is anybody to deny me water to a resource that we all share? I think because we haven't understood because we take the luxury of water for granted because we can't live. Okay, let's not talk over each other. I, too, thought like that, too, Holly. But the first thing I had to realize is that what happens if we if we got denied access to water? We need this water or else I'm going to turn on some fire hydrants. That's the direct action. I'm going to turn on the fire hydrants so we all would have water. No one is to deny anybody water. So to live without bottled water, I could think of many lakes and streams that I can use the life straws to drink from. I never thought in my dignity and my human life that I would have to live like that. No. I'm sorry. So one of my questions is, what is an alternative other than bottled water? You bring the alternative is we have to fight. We have to fight for the water. We can't imagine if if we if I had to think as a doomsday survivalist to drink emergency water out the packets, I'll do whatever I have to do. But I never thought I had to do that because I'm going to fight for this water. Uh, If you were to imagine that the water was being compromised. In a, in, even in an emergency disaster situation, how else are you going to get the water? You get it bottled, right? You have to drink bottled water because they send it to you in disaster from FEMA. You know, but why do I have to imagine uh, uh, being in those circumstances if they are literally trying to displace us, if they're trying to control, like, shutting off water or compromising is the first tactic of war. We all share this resource, Holly, and you have to understand this from a general I do understand that, but my question is, and you're not answering it, what is an alternative for now? Because they fluoridate the water here in Washington County, and unless you can afford a filter. Oh, I know. Here, um, I know. So what you do is you grab up, you go buy a couple of glass jugs, big ones, gallon jugs, you know, just maybe like four or five of them, and you haul water. I lived in the desert, and I had to haul my drinking water. It's about 45 haul it, haul gallons of, excuse me. 40, like I said, if you drink out of the tap, it's fluoridated. I'm telling you, you take it to a store that has filtered water. You can go to a number of grocery stores, and they have a filtered water place, and you pay by the gallon. Mm-hmm. And that's what you do. You have, Unfortunately, your water supply is complicated compromised in Washington County so you have to go somewhere else and haul it back and if you want to keep on you know buying cases of bottled plastic bottled water then what the point is is that you're feeding right into the hands of the people that are making money off it if you just go and fill up your own jug exactly fill up your own jug they tell us to go to the river if we if we if, uh, if we oh, yeah. drink water, and, and, tell, and we did. And Mueller and I tested the that theory. That water is not safe to drink at all. It is not safe. I know. No. 
I know. And, uh, and if we got what we got life filters now, we got life straws. We've received like life straws in the emergency packets that we give to what some is of that? Our, uh, people. Life straws are a um, it's like a filter. Now they have the water bottles where you can filter. You can drink the water and it filtrates, and then you like blow it back out. You blow up all the contaminants and things like that. Um, Rico, to answer Holly, Holly, Holly is a sounds like she's a victim of water contamination. Yeah, but That's they put they not, put a chemical in her like water. To, but it sounds like to me, but Holly, you can. I don't know if you have access to the internet, but you can use Detroit Water Brigade model to find that in your city, in your town, against the contamination. You can use Detroit Water Brigade's playbook. It's on our website. DetroitWaterBrigade.gov and Detroit Water Brigade Facebook. Our our fight-back tactics are on there. Are you there, Polly? Polly, are you there? Oh, go ahead, Kristen. I'm sorry. Okay, we have Jim. Thank you, Polly, for calling in. Okay. We have Jim now. Hi, Jim. Hi, Jim. Jim. Hello. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, to address the last caller, I think the big thing that I think the big thing that most folks are missing, at least what I can see that she's missing, is that as far as she's thinking, well, it couldn't, it couldn't happen here. That I mean, the reason why they did that in Detroit, the best way that I can look at it, is that the 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 people who are most affected are the people who are below the poverty line, people who, who you know, most people... So, I mean, Portland is progressively becoming a more hoity-toity city to find a lack of a better word. So it's like, you know, and address... You know, and so it's a lot harder for people to imagine to, that could happen here because so many people can just afford to buy... Um, can afford to buy the the bottled water that's right and i and i would i would urge her to say you know it's like you that's why that's why people need to look at places like detroit because it's places that are hidden out of view places that people don't think about i mean even to the point where places where people will make jokes about the type of atrocities happen in the city so i'm just it's just frustrating to me and I can tell you, Jim, for real. No, that, let, that, him let him talk. Let him let yeah, the callers talk. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything else, um, Jim? It, um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm definitely going to be looking up the water brigade model because, I mean, right now with the homeless sweeps, I mean, with the homeless sweep that happened yesterday, I mean, our, our city's going through a huge period of irresponsibility as far as, like, what they're going to be doing for people. Because, you know, a lot of the stuff that's happening is because people with money are complaining. I mean, I know I've, I've seen a lot of people on Facebook complaining about the the, the quote-unquote homeless problem. And I get that there's people who are, yeah. you know, there's people with bad, you know, wherever you're going to be. But, you know, you're throwing out the baby with the bathwater when you're telling when you're telling hundreds of people that they need to uproot and leave just because, a bunch of people are uncomfortable. We need to start reaching out to one another and 
start Thank you. really and start they, really they're gonna you know, be homeless next too, Jim. Those people Yeah, I mean all of us are there. one paycheck away from all of us are about one paycheck away from being homeless anyway. You, you can't I mean you people gotta look at it that you know that could be me if I miss a few days of work. Place from gentrification. Gentrification is home is homelessness as well. Because it is get priced out of the let Jim talk, Nico. Let Jim talk. Go ahead. No, I mean, no, that's, that's true. I mean, gentrification is homelessness. I mean, I, I, you know, I go to church in North Portland, and okay. I remember when North Portland used to be predominantly black, and you could, you know, you wouldn't, I mean, you, you'd, you'd ne'er find a white body, you know, past like 6 o'clock out there, and now it's like, you know, it's like, I mean, the Strollers. only thing, I mean, honestly, the only thing in North Portland still left is black or brown of the churches. That's oh it. my god! You know, oh and they're trying god. to, and there, and there's a lot of, and I see a lot of business interests trying to encroach on those. T- uh, you know, I mean, just in the, just in the neighborhood that I go to church in, you know, there's several, several white businesses that have been encroaching on that area and seeming that they're trying to, uh, trying to force, force people out through just like sheer numbers. And it's like, you know, the city always seems like it has plenty of money. To, to fund whatever sort of endeavors come along for the the beer bikes and Birkenstocks crowd, but when it comes to the people who have been there the longest, white or black, yeah. who've been a part of the community, it's like, oh well, we don't have any money, sorry, but you know we're gonna let, but we're gonna let Nike bring in a bunch of orange bike eyesores to you know that whatever they want to do for the community anyway. Uh, yeah, you guys can go ahead. Oh my God! Jim, please follow us, Jim. Thank you, Jim. Please follow the model because we try to tell people the only way to fight that is together. Thank you so much for calling, Jim. That was awesome. What was that? Sam. Okay, we got Jim said it. Oh my God! I know God. he's great. We have another caller. Um, this is George from Portland, right? Hi, George. Hey, greetings. Hi. I, Hi, George. I just, I just wanted to just chip in a couple of thoughts that I was having um, <clears throat> listening to the to the interaction. The the one thing that uh, to the Washington County caller um, is uh, as a suggestion, maybe we should look into uh, rain <clears throat> rain uh, barrel water collections. And and think I I believe I heard somewhere that uh, a city, not Portland, but a cities were actually trying to ban property yep. owners it, yes, they from are. actually in, collecting. In Lansing, Michigan, yep. In Michigan, at Lansing, Michigan, the state capital, you cannot collect rainwater. In Colorado, the whole state, it's illegal to harvest rainwater. There it is, in Colorado. Detroit, Colorado. They're trying and then the to go after people uh, that have like rain. Uh, rain barrels are, are like they're trying to charge more for the rainwater that comes from off the roof <laughs> and drains into the street. Okay. That's right. Sewer. I, I think that's just out. I think that's just outrageous. And, and then my other thought was, as soon as I heard Nestle, I heard the word Nestle. I, there was bells and whistles going off because we're battling Nestle right here in Oregon. In fact, there was an initiative that passed at Cascade Locks because Nestle is trying to steal our glacier snowmelt water and they under the guise of creating jobs, 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 
and then they yeah. want to bottle it, and then they want to sell the water that they've stolen from us back to us uh-huh. for a profit. And so that's Nestle. This is real. These water water wars are real, and solidarity to the uh, Detroit Brigade. Thank you. I God. just want you to wait a minute. Call away. Can I talk to the caller for one second? Are you there still, George? Uh, yeah, I'm still here. Go George, ahead. Go ahead. I just want you. George, I just want you to know the CEO of Nestle is our governor's wife, Rick Snyder. His what? wife is the CEO oh, of Nestle. Oh my! Oh yes. my! Our governor's wife, Rick, Governor Rick Snyder, and his wife is the CEO Snyder. of Nestle. Sue Snyder. So, so, so that goes to tell people what happens in Detroit comes out to you. That's right. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, George, for sharing. That that, that, mm-hmm. that totally got me on notice, yes. Because you do know that. You want to say I, I just, I'm just, you know, I want to hear from other people, like, you know, to share their experiences because we have to, you know, there's a lot of things that, in a lot of cities that people are aware of, but we're not hearing about it because it's, it's it's not a forum out there. That's what we're trying to create this forum right here. We're trying to create this forum under the brigade uh, that uh, other cities we want to reach out to people who are having similar water issues and extend that solidarity and the love. That's all I want. That is all. That's I don't think it's asking a lot. I think that's a, a very a request. You know that if everybody just has you know, can break off a little bit of their energy and um, use it for compassion and look at things in the big picture, then I think that we can achieve that goal. Um, I just want to take a quick minute. Um, this is KBU Radio. Um, this is Water World. It's a monthly program about water policy near and far. Um, we'll be back again the first Friday of next month. I'm speaking with Miko Williams and Beulah Walker, and they are the co-chairs of the Detroit Water Brigade and they're an all-volunteer group that is actually getting people's water turned on. There was a mass water turnoff in Detroit in June of 2014 and Beulah, you said that um, that water shutoff was going on in your city and you didn't even know about it until you read about it on social media like it was that undercover? And and, her, and and we have to keep in mind, Flint still can't drink their water. I want everybody to know that. Yeah. Yeah. So, Flint yeah, let's... still can't drink their water. So, yeah, let's poison then, the water. And then the governor, the governor's wife, her company can report back to her shareholders that, mm-hmm. guess what, we're going to be selling a lot of Nestle in Michigan, right? Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? And and, and, I, and I hate to I hate to bring this up, but it's all racist. We had Kwame Kilpatrick who did way less than that, and he's not he's serving twenty eight years in prison. But here we have a sitting governor who has poisoned a hundred thousand people, along with um yeah, we're like on the radio. We're not in safe harbor. Why y'all didn't tell me that? Excuse me. Oh no, it's. Why y'all didn't- why, why didn't you tell me no cussing? Oh, I, I... Yeah, this is how, this is how we uh, do it here in Detroit. So I think Portland's getting a dose of that Detroit. Uh, oh, no. Right you, you know what it is? You know what it is? It's, the, it's our little radio station. People love to complain about our community radio station to the FCC, and that's why. Because um, 
We well, for the well, y'all must be doing something right, and that's letting people express I'm themselves. So Let's move on from that. Who cares about that? Who cares? No, no. Oh no, no, no! Don't apologize, please. It's fine. It's it's totally fine. Yeah. So we have Sunny on the line. Sunny, what's up? Yes, I just wanted to say, uh, as an Oregonian, I salute these Michigan people, Detroit, Flint, Fortitude, Spunk, Spunk, Spirit. Nothing will stop you. You will keep on, and you are helping us all, and we do, do appreciate it so much. Thank you, Waterworld, for your programs. I can't think of anything more important than drinking water, water in general. Perhaps we can have a um, gathering somehow in the future where everyone who is paying attention and can understand how imperative the water situation really is for everything survival can get together and start supporting one another and building and building because we can restore we can rebuild in contrast to all of the media indoctrination that everything is doomed we can still restore and i just salute these people thank you so much thank you Thank you. Thank you, Sonny, for that. That, that really makes Thank me feel you, good. Sonny. Thank you, Sonny. Well, it's true. Oh, Kiana? Diana. Diana's on the line. Good morning. I just tuned in a few minutes ago and heard the last three callers. There was George, and who was just before George? Who was? Anyway. Pardon me? Jim. Jim, right. I wanted to let Jim and George and Sonny, who just spoke, I agree with what all of them have said. Water is... It's the most important thing, and I remember when I first heard about what was going on uh, in Detroit when the water shutoffs happened, uh, I asked a couple of people to chip in some bucks to send. I couldn't believe what was happening, and I haven't kept up with it because, of course, there's a million other human rights uh, disasters going on, but I'm glad to hear this on the radio, and I wanted to say to those folks that I did hear, I'm leaving my phone number with you at KBOO, so I'd like them to get in touch with me because I want to be part of whatever has already started forming to support and also replicate what the Detroit Water Brigade is doing. All right, now, yay! That's what's up. Thank you so very much. No, thank you. You are true leaders. You're the true leaders. Yes, and this, of course, is exactly directly linked to everything that's going on at uh, Standing Rock Sacred Camp. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank Thank you for recognizing that. Thank you. Uh, I just want to say for what we're doing is um, we're trying to bring uh, together a network of people who are involved in uh, water, and that could be in different aspects of water, but we definitely want to make sure that the connection is met with a lot of people who are, um, are dealing with different issues uh, within the spectrum of water. Yeah, I, I think I think it's mission accomplished, like with this radio show anyway, um, just to get people thinking about the water. And, you know, there's so many things that could happen in an industrialized place to the water supply. The, the last thing we need is people just trying to take it take it take it from us and sell it back to us. That's the last thing we need. So thank you so much for, um, for all the work you do. I know you work so hard. Um, why don't you give the um, web address out one more time? www.detroitwaterbrigade.org. 
Uh, that is our website. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email us, uh, water for the number four Detroit at gmail.com water for Detroit at gmail.com uh, you can visit us on our Facebook page anytime you can connect with us through there uh, Beulah and I uh, we're, we're, we check that every day and we're always uh, posting 24-7 it's the new destination of water rights and water related issues not just within the city of Detroit and our community but from everywhere else uh, that impacts the uh, the the realm of water um, as a resource that we all share. And uh, you can follow me and you can follow Beulah Walker as well on Facebook. And we uh, keep you up to date with the latest information. So, Beula, be- anything you want to say? Oh. Oh. No, I just wanted to take as many calls as we can. I don't know. I don't think we have anybody else on the phone. Okay. So well, we thank everybody that called in and we thank, uh, we thank, People of Portland, uh, you guys shown me so much love through cable, and I, I do want to thank cable for giving us the opportunity and the platform to speak out on our issues. Most definitely, Kristen, uh, thank you so very much for all the work that you've done and the love that you've shown to me. Uh, I, 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 I'm forever grateful to you uh, for, for the work that you do from the center of my heart. Thank you. That totally goes both ways, Miko. I'm so I'm so proud to know you and to. To be able to, to we're so lucky. We love you from Detroit, all, Detroit love all the way from the Motown sound to the cars that you drive. <laughs> I will never forget the sandwich I had uh, <laughs> in Detroit. Um, also, hey, do you want to just um, give up, give a few minutes to talk about um, Avalon Village? Yes, uh, our treasure. Wait, wait a minute, hold on. Do we have any more calls? Like I'm trying to. No. Get <laughs> I think that's all good. Um, Avalon Village is a new eco-village that was started by our um, treasurer, Mama Shamaim Harris. Uh, She is the one that started the seed of the Detroit Water Brigade under her Avalon Village Moon Ministry um, project. And that now is getting uh, new life as they've gotten uh, a fresh start. Uh, to start phase one and phase two, and that will be the official ribbon cutting on September the 30th. You can follow uh, the Avalon Village Project on Facebook. It's called Avalon Village. Uh, You can uh, visit the website, avalonvillage.com. And uh, Mama Shu, she has done an excellent, tremendous job uh, in working for the people, teaching us self-sufficiency and how to do it for our own. And also the Detroit Water Brigade will have a water well uh, at the new village, uh, and that's scheduled to break ground as well on September 30th. So we're appreciative of all the love and support that uh, people have shown us, uh, as well as um, Mama Shu is definitely grateful here. Uh, she she should be on. I think you should do an interview with her, Kristen, about oh, yeah. the project. And I'll... Uh, make sure we connect her to set up something uh, for the viewers to hear about it. I have a recording of her that I made back at, in May of 2014, and um, so I could I could put that up on the website if people want to listen to it. It's pretty inspiring, but um, yeah. but yeah, I went to Avalon Village, and it it's like this this little green spot <laughs> in the middle of Highland Park, and it's 
it's awesome. It's you're right off a of main road, and uh, and we porch sit. Uh, it's a lot of green space that now is getting a total makeover. Um, we're going to have the homework house that you've seen next door that uh, looked like it was an abandoned house due to a fire is now getting a re-update, and it's being rehabilitated from the ground up. Awesome. This, this is a this is a project that is definitely going to be the new um, model of eco villages in in the United States. All right. Well, I think that's all the time that we have. Um, I'm going to put as much of this information up on KBOO's website um, under Water World. And also you can go to Facebook and look up KBOO Radio Water World. And I'll put stuff up there, too. And regarding the Superfund site, if you haven't made a comment... Um, the Portland Citizen Advisory Group asks that you um, go to cleanupportlandharbor.org and make one. Um, and that's all the time we have. Thank you so much, Miko and Beulah, for being with me today and um, for sharing your story and your, and your spirit. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having us, Kristen. It's always a pleasure. We love you. Oh, we love you, too. <laughs> Thank you. KBOO's membership drive is coming up in September. Help us promote the work of this amazing station by following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and now Snapchat, rating our app on the iTunes and Google Play Store, and joining our Facebook event for the upcoming membership drive. Oh, <laughs> and don't forget to join our Renew Your Membership. Just click Donate on our website or app and start your monthly contribution to your community radio, KBOO.